Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to an impromptu episode 31 of the From the Finney podcast. I'm with Jimmy for this one and we're going to discuss the win over Stoke City and look ahead to Saturday as we take on Millwall. You alright mate? Yeah, could you? Yeah, I'm very good mate, very good. Um, take two. <laughs> take two, yeah, take two. We won't ten, type ten about minutes our, in. Uh, yeah, about our unrecorded chat that we just had. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, good win last night. Yeah, enjoyed it mate, really very enjoyable. Good. Yeah, the battle of the bet 365, as it's yeah. going to be known as. I think that's probably the best way of summing it up really. Yeah, it was a battle, it was a battle all night. I, yeah, I, th- I thought it was. Uh, it was a. Gr- if you were neutral, you'd have probably enjoyed it. I think as a, as a game to watch. Yeah, um, it had a bit of everything, really, didn't it? Yeah, it was. It could have gone either way, especially mm. given the first half when Stoke dominated for probably the, the second half of the first half. Um, you know, they, it was all Stoke, and we've yeah. went storm and you know blocks headers. Saves. You've seen it. We've seen it all first half and kept to keep us at nil nil. So, yeah, can't cannot complain about last night at no, all. No one bit. Just um, tyres need to sort the seats out on the coaches. <laughs> not, they're not they're not too comfy to be sat on for an hour and a half. But anyway, my heated seats on the way on mate were invaluable last night. It was freezing second. I did not notice it drop second half. Yeah. Temperature. It was freezing. I need to invest in a pair of thermal socks and a pair of long johns because up top I was fine, but I couldn't feel my toes when I got back on the coach. Yeah, I um, I was I got clever. Got out of the car, put my hat on, but I then forgot my gloves. I thought yeah. I'll be fine, and then as soon as I got to the car, it was absolutely brassic. It was horrible. Yeah. I just held on to a coffee for the second half. I don't think I actually drank it. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good game, mate. I I, I did enjoy last night. You know, it yeah. was a tale of two halves, but you know what? It's a sign of a good team to get through a test like that against yeah. a team that's in a, the, as good a form as Stoke were at home. I mean, unbeaten since November. Yeah. And I said on the the Wizards of Drivel bit that I did for him um, last week, I said, you know, I'd have took a point absolutely because of the form they're in and mm. the way that Michael O'Neill had them playing. And you could tell that first half how organised they were and how disciplined they were in their shape. Yeah. You know, you look at that passage of play when we kept the ball for 50 or 60 passes, they didn't come out that shape once and we couldn't create anything from it. Yeah, it was... I think for for all the pleasure that you get from seeing a move like that put together with with the amount of passes, I kind of felt that it was going to come to nothing anyway. Um. Obviously, things like that are special when they do happen and aren't, aren't commonplace, really. It's goal of the decade if it, if you score after 60 passes, isn't it, really? Yeah, good. yeah. It's, it's the stuff that Barcelona dream are doing, never mind us. But again, it, it just shows that it's it's just another thing that we are more than capable of doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, that second part of the first half, you know, when Dex kept us in it, three really mm. good saves. 
with the yeah. knock as well. With it, you know, he was clearly struggling with his. I think it's his groin. His, his tweet. His, yeah, his groin or his hip, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. So he's seen the masseuse running off just before half time, probably to get his painkillers ready. Yeah. To get through the second half, but there's a point when um, Davis was signaling to Bench that he was probably going to have to come off because like Hudson was doing a full warm up at that. Yeah, point. Hudson was out for about five minutes, wasn't he? Yeah. So they were clearly worried about him, and then he pulls off that. Great save at the end. He's mm. just flicked around the post. But no, it was a. I think everyone was pleased to get in at half time nil nil. Yeah. Um, none more so than the manager. I mean, obviously, he, he, he usually rushes, rushes off the pitch, Neil. And yeah, he sprints down the touchline, doesn't he? Yeah, but he didn't last night. He, he had a bit of a. He held court really with his management team and had a. It's like he'd left. It's like he left the players to go into the change, change rooms, have a bit of a pop at each other, and then he could go in and hold rank and actually pull them back together. Yeah, and I think that's probably what's happened. To be honest with you, you know, he's he's probably gone in, and you could tell second half the game plan had slightly changed, went a bit more direct. Even before Nugent came on, we we were probably a little bit bypassing midfield a little bit more. Yeah, and um, and as much as. Alex Neal has had stick over the past 12, 18 months about subs. He got it's, hang on. It's not often that the two subs he made last night were scored within 60 seconds of each sub. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, as a manager, you, you just, you, you just, you, I don't think he's the person, type of person to be smug, but you're like, I've got it spot on in yeah, terms yeah. of time. I mean, you know, putting Galley on when he did for the second goal when <laughs> out of corner perfect time for Galley and it comes back out and he's whipped another one in for it for Barky yeah and then obviously Nuge he yeah, was on the field he's probably not done, not really affected play but it's just good timings and it's like you know it's the timings of the goals that's changed the changed the game yesterday because it's just knocked knocked Stoke for six both goals really because they, uh-huh. they, they were the better team at the points when we were when we <clears> scored the goals yeah, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Um, I thought Nuge did did well when he came. Uh, to be honest, I think Galley did as well. I think to to say that one or the other had a, a better impact or more of an impact than the other would be um, trying to split hairs almost. But I thought Nuge coming on, he, he showed what he's all about in terms of his experience. He's obviously been around the block quite a lot now and. He was buzzing about the place for, you know, the last 30, 35 minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, news, news impressed me last night. I think that's probably going to be his part to play in our season, you know. Yeah. That's 30 minutes impact. Because if you put, I said before the game last night to the lads I, I went with, I said, wouldn't surprise me if we went with Newton or Stockley tonight because of, the, of their back line. You know, because mm. you probably do need a bit of a presence there rather than Maguire. And that's not to knock Maguire. Because um, I, I know he changed it early on. Yeah. Neil as well. He put where he put Barky as the nine rather than Maguire. Probably right decision as well. Just so you've got someone who's probably a little bit more of a threat in terms of directness. Yeah. Um. But that's what that was really. I mean, you can't really criticise the manager when he's got it absolutely spot on last night. You know, no, if we're two n- if we're two 0 down, we're probably having a bit of a pop at him. You know, at half time, but we're not. We've got him at nil nil, and we, you know. We've actually been able to build on that second half in the right way. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning just how good Ben Davis was last night as well. Ah, uh, mate, out of that was his 
It was his 99th game in the Championship last night. And it's probably, I think it was his 220th career appearance, I think I did the research on before. He will never have had a better game than he did last night. No, absolutely he not. He was immense. And I mean, you know, I think Warren Beatty, shout out, mate. Um, he put on Twitter this this week about him, he'll play for England. Yeah, absolutely, he'll play for England. Yeah. If he carries on, I mean, there's a Newcastle assistant manager. One of the lads at half-time was saying he was there last night. Yeah. Now, it likelihood is he's probably watching a Ben Davis or a Ben Pearson because there's no really, than there's no one really in Stoke's side that you'd look at and that's no disrespect to Stoke but there's no one that could make that step up no. you know because as much as I like Lucas he's not he's not a Premier League type of player the two fullbacks are alright but they're just good championship players Butland is just he's not a Premier League keeper anymore no. so the, the only one that I could maybe imagine, especially with him being from Newcastle, is maybe Joe Allen. Players like that just are loved by clubs like that. West Ham, Newcastle, that sort of thing. But, uh, but like you said, it's more than likely that it's one of Pearson or, or Davis. But even if he was watching Allen, he'd be like, well, who's, the other, who's this shaggy-haired lad in the middle of the park who's winning the game? Yeah, yeah because you, you, you're looking at a 32-year-old or a 24, 25-year-old, and it's like, well, this is what you could get for an extra six, seven million. You know, yeah, and, and Ben Davis is still only 24, so he's got probably, what, another 10 years left in him? So much potential. Left-footed centre-arts in this country are very hard to find, mm. as good as Ben Davis is. Would you say Tyron Mings is head and shoulders above him or, no. or any better than him? I'd say he's probably better than him at the minute, but I wouldn't say he's head and shoulders above him. So if Tyron Mings can get in the England squad, I think for anyone that's maybe questioning Davis being able to play for England, I think that's the comparison there because Mings is left-footed. Yeah. But I think the two different types of players are Ben Davis yeah. is a very good ball player. He's a very good... He's a, he's a footballer as well. He's not just a... He's not a limited centre-half. He, he can play. He brings it out from the back. He's... Mm. You know, he, he reads the game probably the best I've seen a centre half at North End. Yeah. Uh, he's just, he, he reads it so well. I mean, you know, as much as I like Bauer, you know, he does sometimes get caught out a little bit positionally. I, I've noticed this season. I mean, he's mm. been great, but he he's not on the same level as Ben Davis is. No, but I think they also complement each other very well. Absolutely. Where one, where one lacks, the other one makes up. Yeah, I mean, you've got Pat, who's probably the more aggressive of the two, mm. but Ben's the cool lad. And I was like, last night, he just that was a coming of age performance for me. I think that, so, yeah. That, that is, if that's the level that he can play at, then my God, we've got a play on our hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so good win. Couple, yeah. of, scrappy, couple of scrappy goals. Doesn't really matter. Um, I think just one other thing to note as well is that we're we're starting to find different ways to score. Yeah, two from set pieces last night. Yeah, and then obviously the the two well-worked goals on Saturday against Wigan as well, which coming into, what are we now, 14 games to go, 13 games to go. I think it was 31 last night to play. Was it the 31st game last night? 32. 32, 14 games last, Christ. Yeah, so think yeah it's, it has. It's gone very quick. It doesn't seem like... Yes, it doesn't seem like seven 
seven months ago, was it, the start of the season? Give or take, a couple yeah. of weeks. Doesn't seem yeah. that long ago. We were listening to that first that first podcast of the season where, when Ollie was mentioning about it being the chance of a lifetime. It, it does not seem that long ago. No. All of a sudden, we've got less than three months left of the season. I'm planning ahead for next season already with the uh, From the Finney Meets episodes, thinking like, shit. Yeah. It's, it's going to be here before we know it. And hopefully, hopefully, we're in uh, in the Premier League. But... Uh, final thing on last night. Can I, I, I just want to give a bit of a praise for Andrew Hughes. Yeah. Because I keep seeing on Twitter that oh, Joe, Joe Rafferty's unlucky to be dropped or Joe Rafferty should be ahead of, ahead of him. Absolute tosh. Right? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not having that. Joe Rafferty's a... a, a he seems like a lovely lad, you know, a scouser, you know, works his nuts off. You could probably compare him to another scouser we've had, John Welsh. Yeah, li- I'd, li- I'd say that. If you, if you want to be a top six championship team, John Welsh and Joe Rafferty aren't in your first 11. No. I'm, I'm no sorry. I, as as much as I, I like him and as much as I think he's a great he's a great utility player and a bit like a Callum Woods that you need in your squad at times, when you, you're coming up through and you need someone that's a backup that's going to come in and do a job for you, solid seven out of ten. Yeah. Andrew Hughes is on another level to that because yeah, he was he was superb last night. Nine aerial battles he won. He Tom Mintz did not win an aerial battle. Neither did McLean last night against him. And, you know, I mean, we we've we've spoken about it quite a lot, but it still seems to be something that people just don't realise with him. You know, aerially, he's unbelievable. Absolutely, and it pushes up. We're so much higher as a team when Hughes and Fisher are playing. Because Hughes Hughes actually starts in their half at a goal kick. He doesn't need to come short because Barrow or Davis can have it short. But he gives us that option then for a long ball because he wins so much aerially. Yeah. I mean, he's fantastic in the air. He's got a good left foot on him. You know, it's... It gives us that natural balanced option when we're attacking, you know. So if it's Rafferty, he's, he's got to come back. He's got to cut back inside. Yeah. Um. So it just limits us, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. we, we've we've said it on on the pod and on social media before that you can't knock Rafferty's work rate and his effort and and his commitment to the cause, if you will. And it's admirable that he's filling in out of position, but. He's not a starter. He's simply not a starter. And Andrew Hughes' performance last night, I think, showed that. Yeah, and I mean, Hughes got caught out a couple of a couple of times in terms of positionally. First half, second half, there's not a fault in the back five for me. No, but, but find me a player in the first half who didn't put a foot wrong. Yeah, exactly. There was, there's, yeah, that took Darnell 35 minutes to warm up. It seemed. Yeah. Christ. Well, I mean, Hughes's who scored rating was eight last night. So. Eight. He's in Team of the Week as well. Yeah, tells you everything you need to know, really, doesn't it? Yeah, so, you know, less of the hating on Andrew Hughes, please, because, let's be honest, he's he's trying to plug a gap for Greg Cunningham, you know, from 18, when we lost him 18 months ago, and Greg is hard to replace, I think. A fully fit and firing Andrew Hughes is doing a damn fine job of filling that gap, in my opinion. Yeah, I I mean, Greg's, Greg's very hard to replace. You know, and, and yeah. touch he comes back well from his knee injury, and you know, I, he's one of the players that I would have back. And I mean, I, I'm not I'm not one for sentiment, but 
he is someone I would have back. But Hughes is doing a bloody good job at the minute. And if he could keep himself fit, mm. why not, why not keep pushing on? Why you know why not? Yeah, he offers us he offers us a lot more. And I just I think the criticism of Neil and criticism of Hughes is really unfair for for people wanting to see Rafferty in the team. Mm. Um, I just don't I just don't agree with it. And that's no detriment to Joe Rafferty at all because I like him as a as a footballer, but I just don't think you're going to win automatic promotion with Joe Rafferty in the team, unfortunately. Nope. And and while while automatic is still an option, uh, a very real option at the moment, I think, yeah, it's a no-brainer that the manager puts his strongest 11 out as and when he can. As daft as this sounds, Jake, it's actually in our hands. I know that sounds bloody bizarre. Because no, it is. It is. But you've got to play Brentford away, West Brom away, Fulham away. Right. If you can get through those three games, right, and you keep ticking along at home and you don't don't make any silly balls ups, you know, in terms of the teams that are around us, yeah, then it's on. It is on. And I, I said this to guys last night that you know and you know, Ollie was absolutely spot on. This is a chance of a lifetime. And I think the players and the management aren't getting ahead of themselves. I, I, I really like last night that no one's come off the pitch, you know, pointing at the skies, saying, oh, you know, we're going up or anything like that. A bit like last season when that started creeping in a little bit. Yeah. A bit of overconfidence. Then all of a sudden we've, we've finished 14th and it's like, oh, shit. I, th- I just like the fact we're very level-headed about it as a club at the minute. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's, it's a cliche, isn't it? But I think last night, to me, with watching the players come off at the end of the game, it, it felt like they were more than aware of the fact that it is just one more game down, another good result, and and just on to the next game. Yeah, it's job done. Next. Yeah, simple as that. Simple yeah. as that. I think it's um, Neil's instilled that. I think he's probably learned his lessons from last season a little bit. Mm. Well, I think he's probably relied on his experience that he had with with Hamilton when he brought them up, as well as Norwich. You know, and obviously the Norwich thing was. Went in there to get them promoted straight away, but Hamilton it was a it was a long job, you know. It's yeah. promoted, you know, on the budget he had there, and he had to rely on his actual coaching ability and his actual motivation skills. Yeah, I think that's what you've got to do here. It's probably bringing him back to where what actually made him a great coach. To start yeah, with. yeah, and what made him so appealing to a club like Norwich who wanted to get back up to the prem. And and I think I've seen uh, in various parts of social media or in the press, wherever it it was, that some people are are now starting to say, do you know what, I can actually see North End having a good go at this. And and it's because of the manager. He's got the experience. He's been there in the past, Uh, like you said, with Hamilton and then obviously the, the, the big one with Norwich. And... I think the fact that if you look back to our last playoff final victory, from that squad, we've still got Alan Brown, um, we've still got Ben Davis, we've still got Daniel Johnson, we've still got Paul Gallagher. Uh, I'm probably missing a couple of others as well, but you know, you couple that, who arguably they're now the, the core part of this squad, you couple that with a manager who's been there and done it at this level. And, you know, if we don't get automatics, but we get into the playoffs, we get through the semis and then we get to Wembley. You know, I'd like to think that there's there's enough in that squad and the management team to 
to, to you know to make to make the to make the dream become a reality. Yeah, you'd hope so. Let's hope we don't have to endure the playoffs, mate. Let's let's aim for second. I think it's Brentford yeah. personally second. I, I I can't see anyone stopping Brentford. Maybe Forest if they keep up this run of form they're in at the minute. And obviously they got beat on a Tuesday night, but. You know, it's open. It's. I mean, we're the only team in the top six apart from West Brom to win, weren't we this week? I think so. Yeah. No. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Bristol City, but they're not in the top six, are they? So, I mean, it's on if we want it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Absolutely. And um, obviously, starts on Saturday with Millwall coming into uh, coming to town. Yeah, it's a, it's another tough game for me. This because. I mean, I know we spoke on a, our unrecorded bit, but <laughs> they've actually their their form's not great in terms of if you look at the last five. I mean, they've won one out of the last five, but the games have not won, and it, it, they've lost to Leeds and West Brom, and then they've drawn against Sheffield Wednesday and Fulham. Yeah. Now their last four games, and then you've got Preston as the fifth out of that run of five games. That's not a nice run of five games if you're if you're a Championship team. No. You know, you because you you're playing five out of top six, uh, four four out of top five, sorry, or whatever it is. Um, and it's you know you don't want to be in their shoes. You know, Gary Rowett's done a great job since he's been at Millwall. Um, yeah, yes, but I think you you take Jed Wallace out of the team as well. Um, he's got ten goals, nine assists, I think this season. Um, yeah. I mean, this could come across wrong, probably will, to some people, but without him, do they really pose that much more of a threat? If In terms of he, he's creating chances and putting chances away. Obviously, they've got Matt Smith, who I think has scored 10 goals, and Tom Bradshaw, I think, has got eight. Yeah. So there's obviously other threats in the team, but... You know that all the talk recently on like not the top twenty and what other EFL podcasts I've been listening to has just been Jed Wallace, Jed Wallace, Jed Wallace. That's like cousin Ben Pearson. Isn't it? <clears> it's yeah, it's the standout player in the team, and they've got is it Bob Vazen or Bob Farson, the guy, yeah, John Daddy Bob Farson, the guy who's at Reading. Um, yeah. He's a little bit of an handful as well. Um, you know, Matt Smith didn't even start uh, midweek. Um, I think it came on halfway through but they've got a decent side they're very well set up they're very well organised it'll be a different game compared to the first game of the season yeah. um, you know change of manager change of personnel as well um, change of formation I believe I think they've gone to three at the back the last couple of games yeah. um, so I think it's a different test but it's one we can't underestimate again um, a little bit like the Stoke game You've got, to, you've got to come up with a plan to be able to beat whatever's in front of you. Equally, um, though, I don't think it's one that we can't overcome. No, absolutely. And I think, given how we've played these last three, four games, yeah, well, I really, I, there's no one I fear as much anymore. No, I, mean, West- I think what, one thing this season's done for me is, if you look at the, the games against Leeds home and away, the game against Brentford at home, the West Brom game at home, all right, I know we lost that, but it was a dodgy refereeing decision. Well, a, a simply wrong refereeing decision. 
Um, You look at the Fulham game at home, Bristol City game at home, you know, to come back how we did. They're they're some of the top teams in the league. Well, they are the top teams in the league. And the only games that we've dropped points in were the West Brom one and Bristol City one. Well, obviously the Leeds ones as well, but... You know that. Well, I don't really class Leeds ones as drop points, to be honest, because no, it's just a funny one, isn't it? It's you, you, before both games, you'd have took a point all day long. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think I said after the Leeds game that they were always going to have a, a, a chance to to get something out of the game when you've got forty five thousand yeah. Leeds fans breathing down your neck. You know, there's only so much you can keep that out. But I, yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a great opportunity these next two games. To get, you know, Hull have lost three players this week, I believe, to injury or to ankle ligament injuries as well. But yeah, um, is it Herbie Todd and one of the centre halves and a lad that bought in January? Hull have lost to all to ankle injuries this week, so that's a chance next week. You know, especially yeah. after them losing Bowen and um, Krasicki. Yeah, well, in their last six games, they've picked up one point. Yeah. So they've, 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 lost, like they've lost five, drawn one, and in in that time they've conceded thirteen goals. Yeah. So, know, so yeah, they've completely gone. Yeah. But Mill will be tough. I mean, you know, form wise, last fifteen, last twenty games, if you look at both if form tables for both fifteen and twenty games, we've got exactly the same points. So they're no mugs. No. They're, they're a decent side. Um, we're top of the form table last five, by the way. Now I checked that before. Quite happy with that. No surprise, that. really, is it? No, but it's first time we've been up there in a long time, isn't it? Mm. Really, our dodgy January and crap ended. Crap ended last year. And it's one thing that still I just can't believe is how bad our run was over the festive period, and we were still. I think the worst we ever were was two points off the top six. Yeah, it's just baffling, and to think how many points that have been dropped now by. Not so much West Brom, but Leeds. Um, and, you know, for for automatics to still be, like you said before, well well in our own hands. Just shows anyone can beat anyone in this league. That, that frightens me, to be honest. The fact mm. that it is really in our own hands. If we win those, well, the, the four games against the teams in the top seven, then if you include Bristol City last game of the season, what a game that's going to be, by the way. Summer is going to ride on that game. Yeah, undoubtedly. I said it. I said it in August. I'm like that game, last game of the season. I think is it Chef Wednesday last home game as well. Yeah, uh, I think it is, isn't it? God, that's because that's tough. And uh, Brentford the week before, you look at it and you think, bloody hell, you know that is a tough end to the season, and a tough Easter as well. Forest and uh, is it Forest and Huddersfield? Uh, yeah, Forest and Huddersfield. We've got. Huddersfield right. on the fourth away. That's oh, so just the weekend before. We've got some. We've got Easter weekend. We've got two games Easter weekend. Um, I think we've got Forest at home on the Monday, and then we're away at someone on the Friday. Not a clue. That might be Chef Wednesday away or something like that. Let me have a look. I might have balls up my fixes here, guys. I'm sorry. Nine o'clock at night. I got five hours sleep last night after getting back. Bloody stoked. Things we do, eh? Ah, we we we're not. I'm not complaining. I just like a moan. I've said this quite a lot. North End fans, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so April is Huddersfield, Chef Wednesday, both away. Forest at home, Brentford away, Birmingham at home, and then Birmingham. That's who it is. Yeah, and then Bristol City away, last game of the season, which is just going to be massive. I got most of them, mate. But, hey, Birmingham's a tough game as well. But mm. I, uh, mate, that's that's April. That's bloody two months away yet. I'm getting excited already. But we could that, have secured I, promotion by then, mate. I don't, mate. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine doing it uh, Gentry Day at Brentford, right? Oof. Imagine doing it that day. Two games to go to end that season on a Friday night when Sky move it just to annoy you, all you Gentry people. Yeah. That'll be, uh, that'll be, yeah. The, the Gentry planning committee will be uh, completely torn apart if that gets moved to a Friday night. God. Yeah, the, all those fans that the club consulted with. Yeah, yeah, that, that one fan. <laughs> Less said about that, the better. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go all Ollie on you, mate. What's your prediction for Saturday? Um, I think I'm going to go all Sunday's podcast with you and say I'll take a draw now, but I'm going to go with 2-1. I wouldn't take a draw. You've got to win your own games if you want to be in the top two. So I'm going to go for a nice, cushy 1-0 last-minute smash-and-grab win after he's, not playing well. Who's getting it? Scott Sinclair. Because he's not he's not played ninety for the last two games, so he's due ninety, isn't he? So yeah, and he's he's. I think just on that quickly, I think he has struggled as the games have gone on in the last two. Whether that's the game getting away from him or him struggling to keep pace, I'm not sure. But I, I don't think, think it's him struggling to keep pace. I think it's it's a funny one with, with Sinclair because I think his level of his level of mindset is probably above where we are. For yeah. as a team, like he, there's certain plays that are on the same wavelength. He, he is Pearson, DJ, Harrop to a degree. Yeah, but after that, I'm probably struggling. Being honest, with you, because he just thinks that quick, and I'd I, I include Galley in that as well. I yeah, think. but Galley's not really played with him yet. No, yeah, true, true. So it'd be interesting to see if Galley does start. I don't think that depends how Brown's ankle is, doesn't it? Really, mm-hmm. he did well. I, I think I think there'll be tra- there'll be changes on Saturday, no doubt. I think he's got it because last night was bruising. Yeah, like, you know it was a battle. You know, I, I think it'll be the same back five. Pearson will be there. I think it'll be, he's got to play Barkays in. I think got... Galley will come in. Yeah, possibly for Brown. I think uh, Nugent will come in. I think he'll get sixty minutes or so. But I don't understand why you'd play Nugent against a three at the back. I'd stick with pace. I'd stick to what we know. I, I, yeah. I think he'll make, he might make one or two changes. He doesn't need to make wholesale changes. Um, it, as bruised and battered as we were on Saturday, uh, on what, last night, sorry. Um, I, I just think for Saturday, yeah, make one or two. Don't keep tinkering. Because we don't need to tinker at this moment in time. He's got. Yeah, we don't. We don't want to do what Sabalamucci did the other day. Yeah. Okay. Forest. Yeah. Don't, don't doesn't need to do it. He's, he's no, cooking. and 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 like we said about Neil, you know, I think he's experienced enough now to know that, you know, changes it is just one or two, and then maybe managing a couple of others through 60, 70 minutes. Yeah, it's took him thirty games to understand his best eleven this season. I still wouldn't even say he knows his best eleven now. I think, I think, I think there's probably two or three positions that he's still, depending on who we're playing, could be anyone. 
Yeah, it's they, but they're very much like flight changes, aren't they? Yeah, true, true. I think the the team he's played these last two games, uh, was it three now? He's unchanged. Um, two and Wigan and last night. But even then, against Wigan, he made one, two changes, was it? Put Hughes and McGuire um, back in. McGuire back in. I don't think he's too far off in terms of what he's playing now, in terms of his best eleven. No, I don't either. I think your back five, that's that's set. Pearson, DJ Barkhazen. Then you could probably say Brown or Galley. Yeah. I think you can include Sinclair in your best eleven. I think you've got to. Yeah. And then it's Maguire or A another up front. But, yeah. So that's good. Now we've got to we've got to nine now in terms of players that you can probably say are we'll first or players. Yeah. It's, it's took us a while to get to this point because at the start of the season you could put all names in that and just pulled eleven out. You wouldn't have heard a bloody clue. Yeah. No. At least we've got there eventually. Let's just hope it pays dividends. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. All right. We'll Thanks, mate. Again. Yeah. Thank Appreciate you very much. Um, yeah thank you very much listener for listening to episode 31 of the From the Finney podcast as I say at the end of everyone you can follow us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram Um, and if you have any questions for us feel free to tweet us or email us on fromthefinney at gmail.com just a final note we're looking to take on a couple more writers so if you want to get involved check out our pinned tweet and fill out the form and we'll get back to you and Mr Jimmy himself is going to be Contributing a piece to the website in coming weeks. So I look forward too, yeah. to that. Right, me too. That'll be Ooh. interesting. Exciting. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. is about the tra- what is about the training ground? I will be honest about with you. But it's an interesting one. I've started it and it's probably uh, more to do with the, the history of Trevor Hemmings and Preston North End Football Club rather than just the, uh, the training ground itself. So yeah. that'll be an interesting long read. I'm, looking, but, forward uh, I'm not yeah. looking forward to editing it. But I'm looking forward yeah. to reading it. Yeah, for legal reasons. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to end up in court. I can't afford that. Yeah, neither can yeah. I. Yeah, finally, uh, if anyone wants to come and say hello, I think I'm going to be in Wings and Beer on Saturday with Ollie. Um, maybe Jimmy as well. It depends what you, you do and what your plan is with your mates who you go on. But yeah, uh, thank you very much. And we'll see you on Monday's episode. Yeah, Monday's episode. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Have fun.